0: This week, um, I've been preparing to share the words this morning. And um, as I was preparing, there was a verse that was very, very, very much in in my heart. And I thought it was meant to be part of my message. However, the Lord had other plans. But it's it's in, I'm going to find it quickly. In Psalm 23 which we are going to talk about today but not this specific verse. And it says only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. And you know, can't, we don't we always want to thank God that his love and his his love and His goodness always pursues us, and I wasn't going to share it. But when I was like praying on what I was sharing, I had a picture of Wayne Keeping. It's not good, Wayne. Now, Jacob, escape. I had a picture of Wayne Keeping, and I wasn't going to share it. But he sat exactly where the picture that I had of you was, Wayne. And I shared it with Nikki um, briefly yesterday, and it was simply that God was just shining down on Wayne and saying that. My goodness and my unfading love will pursue you all the days of your life. And it was as if, you know, like when something's pursuing you, it's chasing you. It is literally running and running and running. And just over Dwayne and whoever else that, me- that word is for, that God's goodness is not going to stop chasing you down. His unfailing love will not stop pursuing your life. So, I just wanted to add that in. So, awesome. So, we are going to be talking this morning about the path of righteousness. Dun, dun, dun. So, we've been talking about pathways. Pastor Stu kicked it off um, last week. Pastor Stu and Pastor Andy are both away today speaking elsewhere. So, you know, let's keep them in our hearts and in our prayers. But this morning, we're going to talk about the path of righteousness, living in the ways of God's kingdom. So we all know that as believers of Christ, we are called to live differently, right? God wants us to do things his way. So now, have you ever done something silly in your life and you thought to yourself, why did I do that? Anyone? Okay, okay, we're in good company. Great, great, great. Well, it's funny because what I'm about to share has actually just happened to me a moment ago. But um, I was, <laughs> for those of you who are aware, I couldn't find one of my daughters. And I was like thinking, where is she? And I genuinely thought she was lost. But when I was younger, I can't remember how old I was, I um, I was with my brother at his friend's house and they were like playing computer games and all of that sort of thing. And I was just really bored. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home. Now, my brother's two and a half years older than me. So he was meant to be looking after me, right? So his friends lived on the same roads that I lived on. So he said to me, okay, just walk home. Just go straight home, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, it literally wasn't far from maybe, yeah, from as long as this room, really, right? And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll just go home because I just wanted to get out of there. And so I went home and knocked on the door and nobody answered. And I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? Now, common sense would be you go back to your brother's friend's house, right? However, I just sat there for a while and then a lady walked by, right? She was a family, a distant family friend, shall I say, walked by and she said, oh, what are you doing outside? I said, oh, I'm locked out. She goes, okay, do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I went on a little adventure for her and so probably about, yeah, probably about three hours or so later, She's walking me home and we're walking up my road and there's just commotion everywhere. Like, literal commotion. And... And we were like, and she came, she goes, oh, what's going on? They're like, Paula, we've been looking for you everywhere. And I remember my brother was a mess because he clearly was in big trouble. He had one job, guys, one job to keep me safe. And I remember going upstairs and my mom was literally lying on the bed, sobbing her eyes out. Because they thought I had gone missing, right? But I lived to tell the tell people. I'm still here. I'm still here. But you know what? I, I was thinking to myself that I shouldn't have done that, right? I should have just stayed where I was meant to stay. I shouldn't have gone off the path. And sometimes we can all find ourselves in similar positions. We know the path that God has for us, yet we go wandering around a little bit. Or someone even comes into our world and encourages us to just come off the path a little bit. Come and join me in whatever else I'm doing. But there is a path that Jesus wants us to follow. And it's the path of living right, living God's way. This path of righteousness is the path that Christ gets to lead. So I'm awful with directions. If you know me, you're saying amen right now. It's true, it's true. I'm terrible with directions. And when I follow my sat-nav, I don't even try and go a different way because I know my track record. I will get lost. And it's the same way with God. When we follow his ways, we follow knowing that if we go on a different path, it is very likely that we are going to end up getting lost. So God's way is the best way. And how do we know this? Because he has a great track record. All you have to do is speak to someone and ask them, share a testimony with me. Encourage me in this area and someone will remind you of how good God is. But the interesting thing about God is that he always gives us a choice. We get to choose. Do we want to live God's way or do we want to live by the world and the culture that is around us? So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But first and most importantly, seek, aim, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. So his ways of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. So the path of righteousness is about becoming more like him. More patient, more kind, and more loving, right? So let's just hear your point of view. Now, if someone was to slap you across the face right now, be honest. Who would automatically slap them back. Oh, wow. Okay, we need to pray after for you, for you, not Jacob. okay? Our automatic reaction might be to slap them back. Now, Jesus tells us another way, right? He tells us, no, turn the other cheek and let them slap you again. Sometimes I read that, I'm like, "Ah, Jesus, you're so funny, because I'm not sure I could do that. But that's what he asks of us. He asks us to live a completely different way. Some of us think it's absurd, it's silly. Like, Jesus, how can you ask me to do such a thing? But in the path of righteousness, when you decide to go God's way, you ask him to make you more like him. So that means if you're an angry person and you walk around all the time and you're like, I'm just an angry person. I've always been an angry person since I was five years old and my mom did this. I've always been angry. If you're someone that does that, you need to take the path of righteousness righteousness, and say to the Lord, help me be like you. When we're on the path of righteousness, we are forever ever changing we're forever changing in our character in our attitude like I look back on what I used to be like and oh I've grown so much (laughs) and I thank the Lord for that we say to God will you shape me will you mold me will you grow me into the person that you have called me to be and you see this path of righteousness is safe for you God's hands where he holds you is safe. He will lead you and you can trust him to lead you. He's not going to ask you to do something that he won't give you the strength to do. So the path of righteousness is led by Jesus. Let Jesus lead. Stick close to him. Walking on the path of righteousness is walking on a path where you don't know where you're going But you know who is leading you. And when you are led by God, you have nothing to fear. In Psalm 23, from verse verse 1 to 3, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So we basically, we don't have to walk a godly path in our own strength, but we can take the path that the good shepherd, our God, is leading us. So often life can be a drain. It can feel draining. But David found, David's the one who wrote this psalm, that God restores our well-being when we pursue what pleases God and when we rest in him. So as we say yes to Jesus and we allow him to lead us on a path of righteousness, it will mean doing things God's way. As I said before, God's ways are totally different from the world's ways. When the world screams at us, do whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it, God calls us to crucify our flesh. And it isn't always easy. The path of righteousness is about our actions, our responses, and our commitment to walk in God's ways, even when it's not easy. So that means to walk in God's way when you're being treated badly. To walk in God's way when you're so tempted and you want to give in to temptation. To walk in God's way when you've had a hard day or something bad has happened to you or you're stressed The path of righteousness changes our relationships. We let God be our defender. The path of righteousness changes your actions and how you treat people. And most importantly, it changes you. Anyone know that in your heart, I just need to be changed by God? I'm always asking God, will you mold me? Will you shape me? And when we walk along the path of righteousness and we walk in God's way and we say, God, I want to live the way you want me to live. God pours in his strength in everything that we need to live for him. The path of righteous, righteousness can often feel like a hard path to follow. The right path is often the hard path, right? Right? And so often in life, we find ourselves presented with two paths. In Matthew 7, it says here, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. You see, the easy path is wide. It's smooth. It's straight. It can be surrounded by trees and birds and lots of beautiful, enticing fins. The sun is always shining. It's always a good day. There's lots of great people on the same road. You can be popular. You can be celebrated. You can fit in well. That's the easy path. But the hard path at times is narrow. It's saying yes to God's will when you don't even understand it. It's saying, yes, Lord, I'll give this up. Or yes, God, I'll follow you in this new direction, even when you don't understand. Often, it can feel like wilderness. There's wild animals. It feels like everything is attacking you. There's nothing attractive or enticing. It can also feel really lonely. You can feel isolated and unpopular when you've got to be the one that says no to something. So taking God's path for our life is not easy, but it is possible. In 1 Corinthians 10:13, it says, No temptation. So no temptation. Anything you're tempted by and you think you're the only one, right? No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear bear it. So as God's children, he's saying, do you know what? Yes, you are going to be tempted. Why? Because you're human because we're human, but he says, I will also make a way out for you. You don't have to go into the way of sin. You don't have to go onto the easy path, but you can trust God that he will lead you in the path of righteousness. So the only way to take this path of righteousness, to take this path is through Jesus. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own must do good today, must do good today, must do good today. It doesn't work like that. It's leaning on Jesus to be our strength. It's leaning on Jesus to take us from strength to strength and to help us. So Jesus is that narrow gate that we go through in order to take the path that leads to life. And we have the Holy Spirit. I've shared this many times, but when I first became a Christian, I lived with one foot in the world and one foot out. I could never truly dive into the path of righteousness. I I basically was just practicing sin. I just wanted to kind of have my world and also have God's world. And I'll always remember the day that I fully surrendered to God. I fully realized that life without God sucks. It's not great. Life without him will not satisfy. And the the crazy thing is the world will always try to convince us that it does. In everything you do, in every area, from school to college to work to your home environment, to everywhere you go, the world is trying to tell us that their way is the best way. But when you read the word of God, you begin to see he has a track record, as I said before. His success rate for those who put their trust in him is amazing. Because he knows that he wants us to walk a path that will always draw us closer to him. You know, some of us have tried to blend the two paths like I did. Hoping that maybe we can enjoy a little bit of both. Hoping that we can, Ah, yeah God, I love you on Sunday, but the rest of the week I just want to live my life. And you know, the interesting thing about being an adult is you get to make your choices, right? Most kids can't wait to grow up because they're like, when I'm an adult, I'm going to do things differently. I'm not sure if I sounded like one of my kids. Pray for me, people. <laughs> but when they're adults, they have ideas of they're going to be able to do whatever they want. And then Jesus shows up. God shows up and says to us, ah, you're an adult, but you still know. <laughs> I still want you to choose my way. You've got a choice. You've got the choice. But are we going to go on the path that says, God, I lay my life down. Your way is so much better. Your way is so much richer for me. So listen to this verse in 1 John chapter 3. It says here, no one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin." Because God's seed, his principle of life, the essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him who is born again and who is reborn from above. I love this verse because you know what? It does two things, right? It reminds us that If we're born of God, we won't knowingly and habitually practice sin. What is practice? It means to perform or exercise something repeatedly in order to get better at it. In order to get better at it. And some of us have been believing for a, a lie for so long, and we think every time we make a mistake, well, I can't be on God's path for my life but you're not practicing sin. You're making a mistake. There is a difference. If you practice sin, you want to get better at it. Can you imagine? I want to get better at being mean to people. Ah, oh, I just want to get better at it. I just want to annoy people. I just want to, I just want to get better at it. Maybe there's a sin in your life and it's been holding you for some time now. And in your world, you keep thinking, oh, but Lord, I'm, I'm, I, I can't be born of you. And so you separate yourself further from God. But that's not the truth. If you're choosing to repeatedly go against God's word, my encouragement to you is to take the path of righteousness. Because that is where you find real life. Sheep are known to stray from the path. But guess what? When you have a shepherd, when you're on that path, he will always lead you back. When you make make a mistake, there is grace for you. There is grace for you. And although I'm not going to go into it too much today, maybe you're someone who's like, but every time I try, I can't stop. Maybe there's a cycle in your life and you keep going round and round, round and round. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. Oh, I've done it again. And you feel like you keep going back to the beginning. There is a freedom that God can bring in your life. There is a freedom that happens when you welcome him into your life and you say, God, change me. God, will you mold me? Will you set me apart for your purpose? God, will you give me a new heart? Will you give me a clean heart so I can honor you in all of my ways? In Proverbs um, chapter 12, it says, In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. It says in another version, the way of the godly leads to life. That path does not lead to death. If you feel like maybe whatever's going on in your world is causing you to walk in death, walk in where you feel there's no fruit in your life, there's no change in your life, it says here the godly, the way of the godly will lead you to life. Saying yes to God's way. And there's two accounts in the Bible that I just want to touch on briefly. And one's of the rich young ruler and the other one's of Zacchaeus. So many of us have read the account in the Bible of the rich young ruler before. And it's found in Luke chapter 18. And we're not going to read it all today. But it's basically about a man who was rich. And he goes before Jesus and he says to Jesus... And it sounds like when I read it, it sounds like he wasn't trying to throw a trick question. He was asking with an earnest heart. He was saying, Jesus, look, I follow all of the commandments. I do all of the right things, but what must I do to inherit eternal life? There was clearly something missing in his walk with God. It felt like there was no relationship between him and God. And so this rich young ruler shows up to Jesus and he asks him, what must I do, Jesus? And Jesus says to him, you, I want you to give up all your riches. Sell everything that you have and come and follow me. And when Jesus challenges him to take that path that meant giving up everything that he had, he couldn't do it. The Bible says that he was sad. In another version, it says that he was devastated. And I wonder how many of us here today feel the same, that sometimes we feel sad, we feel sorrowful and devastated because we feel like we can't give up the things that Jesus is asking us to. For some of us, maybe we've been trying for years to give things up. Maybe addictions and behaviors and things that we've kept in secret. And we walk around with a sorrow in our heart because we can't seem to give Jesus the very thing that he is asking of us. But I'm going to just hold that point there for a moment and tell you about another man. Another man in the Bible found in Luke chapter 19 and his name was Zacchaeus. Most of us have heard of him before. And Zacchaeus was rich as well. But he wasn't seen as a good guy. He was seen as a bad guy because he was a tax collector. And one day, he welcomes Jesus into his home. And when he welcomes Jesus into his home and experiences the life of God, the kindness of God... He's suddenly so repentant. And is like, Jesus, I'm going to give half of what I have. I'm giving it all back to the people. And it, it amazes me, two rich people, two people who had fins that they wanted to hold onto. But there was a difference. Zacchaeus wasn't questioning Jesus like the rich young ruler did. Instead, he was welcoming Jesus into his heart. Does anyone know what it's like to welcome someone into your home unexpectedly, right? So Jesus, Zacchaeus is up on that tree that day. He didn't know Jesus was coming to his home. And unexpectedly, Jesus says, hey, can I come to your house? And anyone ever had a knock at the door one day when everything inside is a mess? Anyone? Just me, okay. <laughs> right, so... Can you imagine? But what Zacchaeus was doing was he was being willing to welcome Jesus into his mess. And today, for some of you, today's an unexpected moment. Because you weren't expecting Jesus to say to you, will you let me in to your mess? Will you let me into the broken parts? Will you let me into the secret parts? Will you let me into the parts that you don't want anyone else to go Because they feel so fragile, they feel so broken, and they feel so hard. When you welcome someone into your mess, they get to see all of it. And I believe that God is asking us to welcome him into our home and let him see the mess. Because when you let him in, he brings healing, he brings freedom, and he brings restoration. If only, if only the rich young ruler realized that Jesus wasn't asking him to give things up in his own strength. He wasn't asking him to do that. He just wanted the yes. And I'm sure as soon as he said the yes, Jesus would have said, I'll help you. I'll give you every bit of strength you need to do that. I'll give you every bit that you need. And maybe god's this God is this morning asking you for your yes. Will you choose to live on the path of righteousness? Will you choose to live on a path that's going to bring life into your world? Will you choose to finally change? to finally say, "Not my way, God, but I want your way." You see the path of righteousness for Zacchaeus? It seemed so unreachable. It was a path that Zacchaeus, for so many people, told Zacchaeus, you're evil, you're bad. This path seems like only perfect people could be on it. Only the people that were tempted, but not that much. But Jesus steps in throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels. And he begins to show people. I'm God, and I'm not unreachable. I'm God, and I'm right here with you. I'm God, and yes, it's true, I want you to live a different way, but I will never let you do it alone. And the amazing thing, the name Zacchaeus actually means pure, clean, innocent, and Righteous. How good is that? And I love that because when he found Jesus, when he welcomed Jesus, his identity was restored. His name had a meaning again. His name was true again. Zacchaeus became righteous in a moment simply by welcoming Jesus in. The path of righteousness reveals your identity you are not an addict, you are his. You are not rejected, you are his. And all he's asking you to do is let him in, let him restore you, let him pull back his identity, your identity, and his identity in you. And will you just say yes to belonging to Jesus? The path. Of righteousness the path of righteousness when I used to hear things like that as a teenager I'm like God I've got a long life to live I'm gonna muck up I'm gonna make mistakes but once again he's our good Shepherd all he's got for us is good things And so this morning, we're going to pray for two things. We're going to just pray for anyone, and that's just going to just be you by lifting your hands. Anyone who's here and says, do you know what? I know I've deviated a little bit from the path of righteousness. I know that my mistakes are just mistakes, but I know that I haven't been saying yes to God. I haven't, I've started believing I am just the way I am. And I haven't let him begin to enter my life again and mold me and shape me again. And I'm going to ask if that's you, just whilst every eye is closed for that, I'm just going to ask you if you will raise your hand. If you're saying, God, I just want to jump back on that path of righteousness. That God, I know that I need to honor you in areas of my life. If you just lift your hands and we're going to pray. Thank you guys. Brilliant. Father God, I just thank you for who you are. Father, I thank you that when you step into our world, you bring life, you bring freedom. And Father, I just pray over every hand that's lifted or every heart that is just tuned into this right now and knows in their heart that they want to get back on that path with you, God. For the ones who are saying this morning that they need you. Father, will you fill them? Will you fill them with your spirit? Will you fill them with your strength? Will you fill them with every good thing and everything that they need in this moment right now? And Father, will they allow you to gently lead them on that path? And then lastly, I just wanna pray, just whilst every eye's still close. I just wanna pray for anyone who's here this morning and you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you've, you've walked away, maybe you have not been walking with the Lord or you're coming for the first time in your hearing that Jesus saves, that Jesus can change your life, but most importantly, Jesus can walk beside you. He can set you free. He can bring healing and he can restore. And if that's you in this morning, you've never been in relationship with him. I'm just going to ask you right now on the count of three to lift your hand for me. One, two, three. One, two. Fantastic. Is there anyone else this morning that needs to come back to the Lord, who wants to give their life to Jesus? If there is, there's a um, team at the back where it says best decision ever, and they will help you. So Father, I just pray for anyone who's lifted their hands this morning or anyone who knows that they need to. Father, will you keep pouring out your kindness upon them? Will you remind them, Father, the kindness of God that leads to repentance? And as as your kindness is poured upon them, Father, may their life begin to change. May they walk in your ways and in your will. We thank you, Father, for who you are this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for Just that you're so wonderful, Lord. You're so faithful. Always here for us. Our refuge and our strength. And Father, I just pray that everyone, as everyone goes on with their week this week, that they will just be blessed and that they will know your presence. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome.